occurred and we were able to actually break ground and we did the first tricking seminars ever to happen at Woodward. Um, so that was super fun. What's up, guys? Today's guest is the creator and founder of Shapes. Please welcome to the Jamcast, Mr. Adam Devonport. What's up, man? What up, what up? Appreciate you, dog. I'm hyped to be on. Hell yeah. And for those that don't know, we got to give Adam a special thank you. This is actually his second attempt at a Jamcast. We actually fully had one in the can. I was mid-editing on it about six months ago, and my hard drive completely failed. So It's all good. This will be the last, so... I know. I just feel bad. You were actually in studio. We actually like got to sit down and do it. And now we're, uh, we're resorting to the online, uh, interview during this crazy pandemic lockdown. Yeah, it's been whack, but it's cool. We're making it through. We're on the down wave. I feel like hopefully. Yeah, man. Agreed. And how's everything going out there in South Carolina? What's the climate of the situation? Are you guys on lockdown? Are you guys a little more free than us out here? I think we're totally more free. I feel like New York and LA are like the hardest places to be right now. Um, South Carolina is pretty chill, like really not much has changed. Restaurants and bars have been closed this whole time, but like my gym is opening back up at like 50% capacity. So I'm able to do sessions and stuff like that. So, okay. We're, we're, I feel like, uh, humans as a whole are like fear can only control what everyone wants to do for so long. I feel like everyone's just getting stir crazy and ready to move forward. So, yeah, it's a crazy time, man, especially for, uh, honestly, like, I'm very thankful that like I'm an independent grown up adult right now. Like I'm really feeling for my friends that have to uh, like their entire lives changed where now their kids are at home every single day and it's not summertime. So like they have to change their complete lives and programs and stuff to deal with the kids not being in school right now. So yeah, yeah for, there's a lot of people. I mean, and I, and I'm, I'm, I feel blessed cause I know there's so many people that are so affected. I mean like professional athletes, um, imagine seniors in college, seniors in high school, like not having a prom, like there's yeah. some, this is affecting them for real, for real. So. Yeah, man. And more than anything, we're still healthy. We're still walking around, still able to make shapes. So, uh, life is good. Uh, that's funny, man. And one thing I really got to give you a special shout out to, uh, just so this doesn't get lost later in the interview for those that don't listen to the end. But uh, for anyone that came to the jam gathering last year in November, uh, I have to give a huge shout out and thank you to Adam, because if it wasn't for him and Connor Simon, probably would not have pulled it off as well as we did. And obviously still, as with any gathering, there's speed bumps and things you learn along the way. But, uh, dude, you're a huge, crucial help. And for those that don't know, you flew out maybe a few days ahead of the gathering, helped me prep things, picking up people from the airport. And, uh, yeah. That van was fun, though. That van was mad fun to drive. <laughs> Just uh, prepping you for, uh, for Adam, Adam uh, soccer dad days coming up later on. I mean, I feel like I'm like the uncle, like one of the uncles in tricking at this point. Like we're getting old. <laughs> Dude, you have nothing to complain about. I'm not even going to talk to you guys about being old. <laughs> oh, exactly, man. I've been tricking longer than some kids in our community have been alive for. That's how you know I'm old. For real, for real. Some kids that have been, some kids that are stopping triple court combos right now, like and they've only been tricking for like three, four years. It's just like, Oh, totally. Dude, it wouldn't even be out of the realm of possibilities for me to have had Shose as a kid of mine. Like, it wouldn't have even been like an... <laughs> it's not even like I would have had him in, like, high school. Like, I could have had Shose in a normal age of my life, and it'd be normal. <laughs> yeah, that's hysterical to think about. Oh, well, lucky you're not a dad. I may just start claiming him. Be like, yeah, you guys know why he's so good, right? <laughs> I'm lying to people that would adopt that fool. Exactly, man. But uh, yeah, man, all things aside, I really appreciate you and everything that you do for the community. That's part of the reason why we had to have you on here, obviously. Um, and so for the people that don't know what Shapes is, um, from my perspective, it's a multi-platform, multi-dimensional aspect of the tricking community that stems from a magazine to Shapes Battles, Shapes Live, merchandise. Uh, but how would you quickly summarize or summate what Shapes is? Um, easily. Our mission statement, it's a, it's a tricking brand curated by trickers for trickers to help maintain the culture of our sport and keep our community connected and updated. 
And like I one shot at that mission statement. I, I created the Instagram um, at the like beginning of summer 2018, right before we did the first Shapes tour. And I was on the Instagram and creating the bio. And I was like, okay, like what is this? What is this? And I was like, started putting it together. I knew it had to be kind of short because it had to be in the bio. And I just did it and I one shot. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I want. And like the concept of Shapes is like, is I feel like like the same thing as the concept of a lot of other brands is like we find our position in tricking as like athletes and then maybe as coaches. But then whenever we feel like that tricking needs more, we build extensions of ourselves or businesses like you have with Jam um, and the Jam casts and so many other things you've done. Um, I just wanted like a professional representation of myself so I can make bigger real moves um, with the community. So that's what I feel like shapes is to me. And like the, the logo itself, it's uh, as the three primary colors, red, yellow, blue, because any color can be made out of those three colors. And uh, any tricker can be represented by this brand. And then it's got black and white, the yin and yang, the good, the bad of tricking, the injuries, the training, the, the drama that might happen inside the community. Um, and my dad designed this and I told him, I want you to design a logo that if any piece is taken out, the whole thing collapses. Because like yeah. tricking is only like tricking is what the community agrees that it is. And like without every piece of the puzzle, tricking isn't tricking. Like if you try to say like, nah, like this person's not doing what I think they should be doing in tricking. No, the concept is we have the freedom to do what we personally want with the sport. It's just, it's just like the epitome of freedom to me. So, yeah, 100%. Shapes. And one of the things that you uh, really kicked things off with and took it to the next level last year was the Shapes Tour. And uh, what did that entail? How many cities did you guys go to? And what was the uh, the goal of uh, actually taking things on the road and going city by city? Yeah, well, I just, I, I knew that as an athlete, like you, the, uh, like you don't understand what tricking is until you go to as many events as you can. Because I've gone to an event and I felt like, like, I know what tricking is. I know who tricks. I basically know most of, the, most of all the trickers. And then I'll show up to an event, and there's, like, 50, 60 people that are heavy hitters I've never met. And I'm like, who am I to think that I know what this shit is? So what I decided, I was like, I personally want to be at as many events as I can so that I can continue to learn what tricking is becoming. Um, and then um, whatever I decided to do, um, Shapes Tour. The first Shapes Tour was uh, in summer of 2018. And we just traveled for June, and I just went up and down the East Coast, and we hit as many events as we could. And then this past summer, we took it to a whole nother level. And it was like a a two-and-a-half-month tour, all June, all July, half of August. Um, We coached at uh, Woodward. We coached at pretty much every tricking event. Um, I went to Loop Kicks for my first time, and we did a shape seminar there. Um, People that helped me coach were mostly Sebastian White, and he has his Explore Movement. Um, uh, and then Rolo, Rolo Flow, Richie Manorino. Shout out to Rolo. And we were able to actually break ground and we did the first tricking seminars ever to happen at Woodward. Um, so that was super fun. Um, but my mission basically was just like community, continue to update myself and what tricking is and where tricking's going based off of like all that are tricking. We court, we, we went to shapes went to more events than any other um tricking brand last summer and like we and i just tried to have a real presence not like like an online presence not just like my instagram not just my shapes like i wanted to actually be there and talk to people and i spent countless hours just preaching to people what i felt like tricking needed and what i really want to do with shapes and like my aspirations and goals and i feel like that that's like the real way to get in touch with the community and the people in it is just go to as many events as you can, like connect with as many people, converse and kind of talk about what I feel like tricking needs. And I get to hear what they feel like tricking needs. And I get to try to do what I can to let shapes kind of be the vessel for them to express themselves through tricking. So that's a, that was kind of the, that was kind of the intent. Um, This summer's a little different because, you know, everything's going crazy, but I'm still on Instagram. I'm still sharing everyone's posts that's just killing it. I'm still trying to support the community, even in the crazy world that we're living in right now. So, yeah. 
Yeah, it's crazy, man. And I guess one of the cool things about it is kind of like you said, is that our community is still at such a grassroots level in the sense that like you can still try to attend as many events as possible and almost make every single one of them. And at some point have like a one-on-one interaction with as many people in our community as possible, which is like if you're playing a sport like baseball, good luck trying to go to every single baseball event per year and meet every single person that plays baseball around the world, you know? Good, good, good point. Good point. And I feel like that tricking is at that such like a pivotal growth rate that like there's a lot of people and like I'm getting to the age and I have a lot of friends that are getting to the age where it's like they need to put tricking down or they need to pick it up and run with it. And like yeah. there's people that have to make that pivotal decision, whether it's your life or the community. And I'm just refused to say like. I'd rather be juggling trying to figure out what tricking needs and where shapes is going um, and my real life than to just put it down and just be like, oh, guys, I'll be back in like a year or two. Like I, I'm trying my best to stay present um, because I feel like tricking is like a like a 13, 14 year old young kid. And it's like this trick right now means like conscious, intentional guidance now more than ever because it's just yeah. it can go it can go any direction. Yeah. And you know what? It's kind of a good point that you brought up because uh, I, I definitely have to, you know, congratulate and give you guys props for all you guys that have been here in the last few years, because uh, me personally, like I was very highly involved in the community ever since back to the White Lotus days and things like that. But then, as you guys know, over the last, I'd say, five years or so, I kind of removed myself from being an everyday player in the community. I stopped holding annual gatherings and I really just started focusing more on my own individual career so that I could now come back and have another influence again, if that makes sense. Like I had to go, had to take a step away to make sure that myself personally and my career individually was set so that now I could return and then give extra energy and time and effort and utilize capital that I've gained over time to uh, put back in the community now. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. And like, and there's a lot of things that you've done in the community and like the way that you've moved is like, like, you've always come back and getting fed trick. Like you've always come back and given and give tricking like so much support along, like just with the athletes, with hosting the dope events, um, jam, like the jam Instagram is every day. Like, I love it. Whenever I see like, yo, happy birthday to so-and-so. And it's a video of them tricking at the thing. I'm just like, dang, like you were just so involved and so present with like what's going on and like who's in the community. It's like, what makes a difference whenever you whenever you grow older and then you have like those old homies that like hit you up when it's your birthday and you're like dang like they didn't forget about me like they're still out here and it's like you're doing that to so many different people and jam um and jam uh the instagram is just so present and always posting and i'm just like yo like that's that's what we need like i mean you know like jam's one of my favorite tricking brands like jam for the culture torque like obviously shapes like people that have just been around and they're just relentlessly here for the community, even though the community doesn't always have a good ROI. Like we're just, we're just out here trying to feed. 100%. And it's, it's really funny that you bring that up because for so long, uh, a lot of the criticisms that people like yourself and I used to get back in the days, way back in the days was like, you guys are trying to commercialize our sport. You guys are just trying to come in and make money off it. And deep down inside, I'm like, if you guys actually ran a tricking based business or a gathering, you would realize there's really not a huge return on investment. Like you just pointed out a lot of times it's unheralded work, unheralded amounts of time and effort gone in just to literally bring out a great experience for everyone that's attending it's not really a money-making thing you know yeah we're paid back but definitely not with dollars like, <laughs> we're paid back because like Shosei comes in and does some crazy stuff and it's like that made it worth it or like or like it's like like jam gathering was a lot of people's first gathering like some some elite movers and and parkour and free runners that that are like in the area and that have like shown like a prominent presence in the area for a long time it was their first gathering and they're like yeah. elite artists and they've just never been to a tricking gathering it was like their first one so like there's there's a lot of tricking events where like like i was at uh jordan jordan alexander's i was at his first gathering i was levi who's in colorado i was at his first gathering i was at like so many of these people andrew court his first gathering like all these people i was at their first event and like i i like shook their yo what's up i'm adam like let's go trick like and like it just says so much like everyone remembers their first gathering and like just being able to host that, having all those people come in and share that experience for the first time. 
Um, I expressed to so many people that I talked to, I was on a podcast earlier this week um, with uh, Marlon, who's the, the head director at, of the parkour free running um, like section at Woodward. Um, and I was just trying to tell him how personal tricking is and how like intimate the sport is. I mean, like when we're at a gathering, what do we look for? A flat ass floor as big as can be. And we just are going to session. There's nothing between every single person there and myself. Like you can make eye contact with anybody in the room. Like it's like, it's so personal. And then whenever we're tired, we're just laying on the ground, hanging out with each other, like stretching, just conversing, talking about thoughts, concepts, ideas. And it's like, there's really no barrier between like each other. So like, it's super personal, it's super special. So whenever people come to their first gathering, it's always unlike anything they've ever been a part of. Like they're just like, damn, this is different. This is just different. Yeah, man. And that's probably one of the biggest L's that the tricking community is going to take during this pandemic and this lockdown is the elimination of all of these large scale events around different cities around the world that literally bring people together from all different walks of lives. Um, so what I was saying is basically that like trickers like, are so innovative and so able to like step away from the community and pursue a hustle, pursue a skill uh, some sort of trade and then bring it back to the community. So we're pretty light on our feet. Um, we're pretty like innovative as a community and like Brian with heart, he's doing online training battles and, and that's super cool to see that taking off. Um, I've considered doing some online battles with shapes and then, uh, and like seeing Luis, Luis's birthday was a couple days ago. I know that jam posted, um, a clip of him. Um, but they like it was really cool to see on Instagram all the homies come together and like do a grass session and just to, like with him just to be like, yo, happy birthday. And it was cool to see like, a little bit of the community come together. And it's cool how like even even though censoring is such a natural thing, like we don't really need anything to do it. Like all the clips on Instagram are in grass, like everyone's killing these grass sessions. And like even though this virus is stopping a lot of things in the tracks. Tricking is not one of those things. Like tricking is still finding a way to see through cracks. Still, people out there, people are still trying to still trying to make moves with the community because we're used to having an unstable foundation. We're used to just trying to figure it out. So, I think that uh, I think that it's it's still super dope to see how the community um, like reacts and how 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 we respond to something like this in just a really productive and positive way. Yeah, we're we're definitely lucky that we're living in a digital age or a more advanced di digital age that tricking is continuing to rise while technology is continuing to improve and increase. Because, you know, for everyone that knows old school origins of tricking, we didn't even have YouTube back then. It was just seeing people at tournaments. Then it was byling.com, then trickstutorials.com and the forums. Now you literally can log on Instagram and keep in touch and keep track of everyone's moves. You can watch their samplers on YouTube. Uh, you can even, you know, like you said, do battles online via FaceTime and Skype and stuff like that. So uh, it's definitely a lot better time to be a tricker now than it was before. It's crazy, man. It's super crazy. And now if this um, pandemic hadn't shut down these gatherings and stuff like that, one of the big things that you've been involved with in the community at these different gatherings and events is hosting Shapes Alive battles at other third-party events. And that's something that's kind of unique because in the past, let's say, you know, 20 years of tricking gatherings, whoever was the host of the gathering would host their own events, their own game so to speak and their own lineup and schedule of events but uh one of the things you've introduced is actually taking the weight off of some of these gathering hosts and holding your own battles and that's one thing that was a great relief for me on saturday night of the jam gathering this year was being able to turn over two hours of the entire night to you to let you stress out and focus on running things and so what are shapes live battles how do they operate and uh what success have you been seeing with them as comparative to the old way of battling where we used to have live judges um so with the shapes live events first off shout out you because uh letting me host the shapes live event at jam because that was the biggest um battles we've had the most um people that wanted to battle um we had the biggest view count on the live stream and shout out to neo gathering because um jam was the fifth shapes live event we've had um but neo actually kind of like gave me the platform to cultivate this concept 
um, Neo, during this past Neo, um, Neo 7, um, I, I approached Matt and uh, Sam Caspio like months before the event and was just like, hey, like, I'd love to like host a battle there. Don't worry, it won't be like any pressure. Like there's not gonna be like big prizes or anything like that. Like I wanted to feel like more like just involved, like more like backyard battles. Um, and it's by the people for the people. So I, I used Instagram as a voting platform so that we don't need judges. And one of the special things I feel like that helped that is instead of it feeling like that these athletes are tricking for these three or five people in this one spot, there's a huge circle around the floor of everyone like it's an actual gathering. And then you're just battling. So like you're not battling towards a direction. You were just out there. And it's just like it, it felt so much more natural as battles like have always been kind of there's a focal point to who you're trying to impress. But really, if you're if the community is voting, you're just trying to impress the community just yeah, like you yeah. would in a So I really liked that. And um, a bunch of people, whenever there's uh, whenever there's um, judges, like if the judges are like make a call or it's just there's a lot of battles that are difficult to judge because judging is so, so hard. So like when someone makes a call, then some of the community disagrees and they want to go on Instagram or on Facebook and rant about it or whatever. Well, with Shapes Live, did you vote? Because if you didn't vote, then why are you bitching? Like, you can, you had a say. Like, you had a say just as much as the most elite people in the room. And I feel like that it being by the people for the people kind of decentralizes, uh, like, decentralizes the competition. And then not having this big prize at the end and you're just battling because you feel like battling, then there's just natural, like, the prize is just natural street cred. Like, you went out there, you killed it. And then at the end of the battles, like after three hours, um, after everyone battled, and said like some of them were like 49%, 51%, and it was so difficult. And like having those ratios isn't just like a landslide. Like even though there are some battles that were like 30%, 70%. And it's like, well, this person still got 30%. Now next time they battle, they're shooting for more than 30%. You know, like they can have their own personal achievement and like well last time i got 30 percent of the community that thought that i won next time i'm trying to get more so they can have their own personal journey through that and uh and it kind of just puts a number so it's not just like two over here one over here there's like it breaks it down a little bit more uh with a little bit more analytics so they can get a little bit more of a response and it's by the community themselves people that they know and they train with and they're at the gathering with not necessarily three to five people that they may or may not know that well, you know, like they might know of them, but they're not like homies, homies necessarily. So I felt like that those are the things that shapes could bring to the community that would, that would change the game. And then after Neo, like Neo was my favorite gathering for so many reasons. Like, like after that happened, I was like, this has been the best gathering ever because I had the chance to fully express myself. And whenever it was set, everything was said and done. The battles were done. People were running up to me like, dude, that was sick. Like, no one's ever done anything like that. And I just felt like that I finally got a chance to express my ideas and concepts. The Not just my tricks and my posts and, and, and myself, but I actually got to come up with an idea and implement it. And it be received well from the community. So we did it again at Torque Summer Gathering. We did it again at Tricktoberfest that was hosted by Ashley Adams in Colorado. Um, and then we did it again at Jam Gathering, um, and it's just been it's just been amazing. This whole and it's been a huge learning process for me because um, it is difficult and it is hard to try to try to figure it out. But I've been working through this coronavirus. I have a lot of plans um, with Shapes Live once these events start coming up. Um, I've been connecting and and really pulling some strings with people that I've been that I've been holding favors out for a long time. And just be like, hey, I'm ready to do something big. Like, remember that time you said that you're down for me to hit you up to do something big? And I've been really pulling things together. So Shapes Live is really going to make a presence um, very yeah. soon. That's cool. And like, I can obviously see a lot of the pros to it, like you said, where it's like it, it kind of alleviates a lot of the pressure from kids feeling like they're in a tournament bracket system where all eyes are on them. It also eliminates the pressure of having to put it on judges because like personally, you won't catch me judging anymore. I hate 
being put in that hot seat and then having the community try to rip you apart when they don't realize we're watching things live and making decisions. So I think it is cool to put in the hands of the people. One of the questions I have as a result of that, though, is that you obviously can run the risk of it becoming a popularity contest where someone can literally strictly win because they have more followers than someone else or they have more friends that are on IG at the time. Just from someone that's been on the back end of it where you're looking at the results and seeing the battles, Do you have you seen that overall the public voting has correlated with the correct winner in your own personal opinion? Or have you seen it sometimes been swayed by the fact that it's a, a quote unquote, somebody with no following compared to someone with a lot of followers? Um, that's a really good question. That's a question I had to ask myself after the first couple of lives. Also says like, Rickers, I feel like I, I'm not, I'm not like completely solid on this, but I feel like if you're a homie and you're sitting at home and you see a battle, like you're losing, like you're not gonna like if he if like if uh, if one of my homies goes to battle and he comes back home after a battle, I'm like yo, did I saw that battle? You got squashed. Or like uh, like I feel like that trickers really do. And since the uh, since tricking is just a direct correlation of like if you haven't landed it, you don't got. It. And if you if you do a battle, like no one wants to give people credit for an under twisted trick. Like, I mean, yeah, you, you landed it. Like, I totally say that you landed it, but, like, you kind of... But, like, props for getting, like, props for doing that either way. So I feel like trickers are pretty much real with each other. Um, when we cut off the voting at 11, 11.30, um, then it more focuses on the people that were at that event that watched the battles happen. It's, it, the voting is more focused on people that were there that did see it and that's why you hear me on the mic screaming like a crazy person vote like this doesn't work and like all y'all vote you just watched it you just saw it like you know what went down go vote and we cut it off before and then there's a there's a cutoff time that's like all right this is the final vote for this competition but then the voting stays up for 24 hours and we way the issue that i the only real issue that i've seen is Whenever people, since they know the people that are battling, they have those underlying biases because they've been tricking for less time than this person, or this person's a girl, or or this person's young. I want correlate. The battles are voting from these tricks and these combos compared to these tricks, these combos. Like no underlying bias, and that's what you do as a judge: is you try to eliminate your bias. I think the more that we do this, the better the community. Yeah. Hopefully over time, people will become more informed and more well-rounded in their judging criteria and also taking into the fact that they would want to get judged fairly as well. But, uh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's not perfect. It's not perfect at all. I feel like it's special in a lot of ways, but there's a lot of adjusting to do. Um, I want to get a lot more brands involved so that like, it's a lot more participation oriented. It's it's a lot more about the involvement of as many people that want to be involved, and uh, and that's something I like about it. Because there's some kids that have been that they've never battled before, but because they knew that they're just going to have to battle once for one minute against this other dude that's about his skill level, it makes them feel like uh, like confidence enough to step out there in front of hundreds of people um, online and there in real life, like at Jam. And they battled for the first time, and everyone was sitting down. And they and like, in what other situation are these new are these newbies like these new trickers going to be able to have the attention of everyone like that? Yeah, one hundred man. And I guess one of the things that's uh, kind of funny about it though is that uh, there are times where I could see this is super advantageous, and there's times where I could see that judges would be advantageous. And uh, one of the things I got to bring up to you and ask you about is. Uh, do you think you would have won if you did a Shapes Live during your Webster battle when you beat Michael Guthrie? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, actually, I don't know. But I just think that, like, the the people that, like, I mean, if I was at home, like, I don't even know. Like, the other thing is, is, like, Mike literally threw in the hat. Like, he had a hat. He tried to do his trick, tried to do his trick again. And then he was like, ah, screw it and just threw it in the audience and just kind of walked away and he he kind of just like 
Like he could have tried a couple more times and maybe won, but like he was just like, ah, Adam's got it. And since and since we're homies and since he, we weren't taking it that seriously, he was like, whatever, Adam won, blah blah blah. But I was like, yeah, it won. <laughs> Like, how many people have beat you? And no one has beat him for, like, six years before that and, uh, and, like, and like since. So, like, I'm just one of the – I only dethroned him in a small aspect, but still. But still. Claim to fame. Beat Michael but- Guthrie in a battle somewhat. <laughs> exactly. With the ring light reflections. Oh, that's funny, man. And so, like, with that being said, though, it's a perfect segue for me because one of the things I feel like I have to ask you about on here, otherwise I'll get killed, is – uh. What is the secret to the perfect Webster? Because it's one of the moves that you've definitely been closely associated with. And not to say that Adam is the master of the Webster, but let's be honest with you, you have a really, really easy and clean one and uh, you land light. So what in your mind makes up a good Webster? So I watched your jam cast with Bailey and you said it, Bailey, like, got the root of it. I've done more, like just done more. Bailey's the king of corks because he's done more corks than all of y'all, like easily. And like, and I got obsessed with it. I mean, it's like an obsession. Like, um, it's not even like I never thought like I want to have the best web store on the planet because Anise is in the game and Mike is in the game and all these people. Like, who, who am I to try to like put my web store next to anybody's? So I would just be in a session and like, it, I remember it happened in like 2013, 2014. I was training in my grass. And I did a web, and I was training, I was just did a web, so I was like, oh, no, I can do better than that. I did a web, so I can do better than that. And then I did my first perfect Webster. Like, I remember the day, I remember the time where I did my first perfect Webster, and I landed at the very end, and there was no, like, land stand up. There was no land too high and fall down. I, like, literally landed, and my foot just came and, like, landed, and my other foot and just landed perfectly. And I was like, oh. I was like, that's what a perfect Webster feels like. And then ever since that moment, if I'm ever going to do a Webster and it's anything less than perfect, I'll do it 15 times to have to catch that perfect one. And then the years went on, then it took me three or five. And then as the years went on, it took me like one or two if I'm on spring floor. And then the years went on and I can do a perfect Webster. Like I, I, was, uh, I went to the gym last night and I was, and I haven't tricked in like three weeks because of my ankle. And I was like, hold on, I need and I did a website perfect for the first one. And I was like, hell yeah. And then it got to a point in time that like my websters were perfect first time on spring floor. But when I went to grass or went to concrete and I had shoes on, then it wasn't always perfect for the fit. It took like three or four. And then a couple more. And even now, like I'll do a website. It's normally perfect first try, but like sometimes it takes me two or three tries. Um, but even to this day, if I don't hit a perfect one, I'm going to stand in that exact spot and go a couple more times to like catch up. Um, and like that, having that, like knowing what I can achieve and then not stopping until I achieve that every single time I try to. So, um, I have like, uh, like, I mean, I'm, I'm really picky about my tricks. Um, and, and I'm, I'm glad, like, I'm really picky about my toe point. I'm really picky about a lot of different aspects and that's where my tricking looks like it does um but that's also why i struggle with triples and i struggle with all these big power moves and so obviously besides just being a repetition type thing what what do you think is the secret to it is it technique based is it power based is there uh, a correlation between the two that you found like during these hours and hours of training totally totally it's um i think webster's one is like super technical super technical um uh, it's power, um, it's tension in your body. Like whenever I kick my leg back, there's a certain place where I feel the tension in my groin, I feel the tension in my legs, and I feel that. And once I feel that left happen, it's like imploding. It's like feel the kick, feel the tension, feel the push off that back leg, and then it all gets small really fast. So it's like going from big to small, like right away. It's a, it's a timing thing. It's a thing it's a technique thing um just like most tricks um but a webster can be one of the easiest moves to do like as long as your body's warmed up it is it does take flexibility and stuff so you can pull the muscle pretty easy with a webster but as long as you're warmed up it takes minimum a good webster if you uh, if you've done on the, t- the power and the technique um but yeah my 
my uh, my approach has been different. I did look at some inspirations like uh, like Ryan Doyle, like uh, Alex D. They had a huge background, like me approaching how I'm gonna learn it. But it's mostly just myself looking at it and then thinking like, well, I could do maybe this. I'm gonna try this, and I just go back and forth within myself. Um, my technique. When I'm doing a lot of online classes, like an online seminar. If you guys want one. But uh, I mean, I, and whenever I'm working with them, I say like, tricking is a journey, and I'm not my journey onto you. You got a whole different journey, and I'm just here to help you to help guide you through it. And I approach teaching the same way because like Ryan Pasipanka, he's got a beautiful webster. His technique is so different. So I work with like, athletes to try to help them do their version of their best webster, not necessarily copy my technique i'll see what they're doing and be like hey maybe try this maybe try this and it, and it goes off of my oftentimes um but uh yeah i think that everyone's got their own way of doing certain like everyone's got their own way of tricking and when you break it down to a simple move like a back tuck or a red support side different but someone else's might look completely different from mine like ryan like like ryan and um, so with that being said, with, with how much you analyze technique and stuff like that, and you, you, like you said, you pointed out how you really focus on pointed toes and, and good technique and form as opposed to just chasing incremental gains as far as increasing number of spins and stuff like that. Um, what was your background that got you into tricking? And what do you think has been single-handedly the most important thing to develop your style? Is it watching playback on video to analyze yourself? Uh, what, what like tips and tricks do you utilize to improve your own self? So I got a black belt whenever I was younger. I did martial arts from like 11 to 14 um, in Taekwondo. And then I did a bunch of other sports. So I've always been able to be athletic. Um, and then I did uh, parkour and free running when I first started off. And then I started coaching gymnastics like the same year I found tricking. Um, and then I also had a dance background um, from 2011, 2012, I took dance classes, which taught me like toe ball, heel, leaving the ground, pointed toes, full extensions, like the aesthetic of movement um, versus like just the skills. Um, gymnastics and coaching that kind of helped me with understanding proper technique, like the best way to get mo the most height, how to set, um, all those kind of things, how to, how, to, how to lift with your hips. Um, and then it kind of was just like my brain. I've always wanted to be well-rounded. I've always wanted to work on my weaknesses so that I can be a well-rounded tricker. Um, and then kind of putting all of my influence together and put it into tricking. And, and I had like, I guess, a perspective that I wanted to perceive myself. Like I imagined the kind of tricker that I would become. And I kept focusing on like making sure I didn't leave much of tricking behind like much of the skills and the tricks so i've done my best to be like well-rounded and focus on technique um but like you were saying one of the biggest influences with me is the playbacks it's just like recording myself and looking at it because um after coaching for 10 years now i've learned that there's a huge disconnect with a lot of athletes with their brain to their body like it's like whenever you take a picture and you're like, oh, I probably look so good. And you look back at that picture and you're like, wow, I look terrible. Like, why was I smiling like that? Like, I look so dumb. But it's it's blown up. Whenever you're talking about a video, you're talking about hundreds, if not thousands of pictures. And I break it down and I'm like, why did I stop lifting my leg right there? Or why did I flex my foot at the bottom of this? Or why in my cheat seven, like, was I flexed and then I pointed? Like, that was just weird. I don't like that. Um, and it's a combination of, having a specific eye for what I want to look like and what I'm trying to achieve and linking that body to that, that mind to body, like the, how I think I see myself and how I actually look spending 10 years recording myself and then going back and forth kept building the, the bridge between like my mind and my body. Um, and I tell my athletes all the time, it's like, it's not always your mind teaching your body. A lot of times your body teaches your mind and it's like your body does something you're like, wow, that felt so much better. 
Like, let me go back and look at it. And you look at the video and it confirms, like, not only did it feel better, it looked better. So it's like, it's a bounce back and forth with those video playbacks. And that's why I feel like we're super blessed as a culture to have phones and cameras in our pockets all the time. Like, I yeah, couldn't have yeah. achieved the type of tricker that I am probably without that kind of uh, luxury. Yeah, yeah, 100%, man. It's something that I, I tell kids all the time that they take for granted, the ability to review and analyze footage at 240 frames on their phone right in front of them is, is absolutely insane. And now, uh, you know, with the amount of kids that you have, uh, that you're able to reach via online classes and tutorials and stuff like that um, right now, what do you think is the key to becoming a successful tricker? Do you think it is most repetitions, kind of like you said, as far as you and Bailey are concerned? Um, or is it more so finding a guided program or line of thinking, I guess? Because the one thing that is lacking in tricking right now is the lack of overall curriculums that exist. We're fortunate to have cinematic martial arts and TKT from Dan Prez. We got Kojo's Trick Lab over here. We got Adrenaline doing tutorials and things like that. What do you think is the best route for an average base tricker that's just starting off to start their journey? Um, I get more philosophical with it. I just say that tricking is your personality in motion. So just start moving and expressing yourself and feel like feeling like what feels good. Like after a session, do you feel like you've expressed yourself? Like, do you feel like that you've done, like, did you feel like you've expended your energy creating the shapes that you were trying to attain? Um, but there's a lot of uh, curriculum that's underlining right now, like Trick Dynamics up in Connecticut. They've been coaching mm -hmm. for seven, eight years, and they've had they have big classes. And then Neo Motion is also starting to pick up. And I know and experience tricking. They have a gathering every year, and they're they're very curriculum based. Um, and they're all on the phones, and they're bouncing curriculums back and forth with each other. And there's and even with what Jam is doing, like uh, everyone's kind of coming up with their own way to teach it, and then there's going to be a point in time where we come together and we kind of come up with a consensus as to like, how do we get people started for real? Um, but from my perspective in the world that we live in right now, I say utilize the tools we have mastering tricking with Brendan Morrison. He's got hundreds of YouTube videos, absolutely free. You can go check that out. Kojo's trick lab. It's more way worth the, the subscription to have all access. Mike is on there. Ethan Turner is on there. Um, Co just hit me up about doing a web tutorial, which I've confirmed that that will be coming soon. Um, there's there's so many people on there that are just helping you think about it in a different way. So we have so many tools to utilize to get started with tricking. Um, but more than anything, just go outside, stretch your body, and move around. Like if you feel like you're doing like lyrical dancing do what you got to do and then throw some kicks in it like fight some ninjas and freestyle dance like at the same time and you're tricking like just get going because it's just expression there's no rules or boundaries and like i know people that go to their first gatherings or, or go like they don't they haven't been going to many gatherings so they're not very good they're like standing on the side of the sessions and they, they're too nervous to go out there because they don't feel like that they're a tricker they don't know that they don't think that they can do the things or they're not very proud of the movements that they can do. But I swear to everybody, if you're at a gathering and you step on the floor and you take a turn, it doesn't matter what you do. The tricking community is so supportive for you just putting yourself out there. And like, don't be nervous to get started. Don't be nervous to send me personally clips of things that you feel like you're proud of. I get dozens and dozens of clips a day because for years I've been saying, send me your clips, send me your clips. You want me to see it? Send me your clips. And I'll give critiques absolutely free. I'll help people out. I'm trying to do whatever I can to build the community. So um, just don't be nervous. Just get started. There's no bad time or bad place to get started. Find, find a nice grass field on a nice sunny day. Set up your phone and try to mimic some of the moves you see online. Um, and just get going. You'll, you'll definitely find some progress. Like whether you know, like whether you're like going for a certain direction or not. Like, just get out there and move. Yeah, 100. And how many days a week are you training now comparative to when you first started in tricking? And do you have any personal goals for yourself in tricking right now or have those goals shifted more towards the community from a platform of shapes? Um, I did get injured like a, like three weeks ago. So my training's a little weird now, especially with coronavirus. It's weird. 
and I'm a spoiled brat because I've been I've been coaching gymnastics for ten years and had a spring floor at my at my disposal, and I'm so obsessed with how, like being able to extend the longevity of my tricking career that like if I can do a grass session today or wait a few days and get into a gym, I feel like I just want I'd rather save my body and then go to the gym because like I just want to take care of my body and make sure that I can continue um, maintaining a presence in the community with my personal shapes. Um, but yeah, I, my goals are more community based these days than actual trick based. Um, I'm still hunting for tricks. Like I haven't done a dub dub in like almost like a year or something like that. I've only done a dub dub six times and like, I'm glad that I have it, but some people are doing like, I know that people have done dub like time six, like, like, like Johan, like, and and, like, it's just, it's nuts. So I, uh, I understand that tricking is about the relentless like progression of your personal self. So I'm not giving up on trying to stomp triple cork. Like that's, I'm going to get triple cork like a hundred percent. Like, I don't know what setup exactly. I'm, I'm probably thinking like G switch, but I don't know. I, I want to land triple cork. That's like a life goal that I have for sure. Um, I'll die a lot happier if I can just land it once. Um, but I know once I land it once, I'm going to want to combo into it. And like, I know how the whole game goes. So I'm just playing along, doing what I can, staying healthy, staying moving, and then uh, given the right environment and when my body feels good, um, I just continue to progress. I mean, even though these big moves are so, uh, like, elusive, they're so esoteric, like, things that maybe I'll one day accomplish, I'll still go into the gym and do things I've never done before every session. Like, I'll still go into the gym and, like, get a new G-switch record, get a new cork record, or... Or do like one zero one zero one zero one zero dub, like just add an extra one zero. Um, or like uh, I struggle with like cork D legs and uh, and like and I used to stomp cork snappers, but I've kind of lost that technique. Like so, I'm trying to get things that I've had before easily back and trying to kind of like play catch up in some areas of my tricking too. Um, but it's yeah, it's progress story is not hard to come by. That's the story of my life right now, Doug. <laughs> Trying to rechase old tricks that were easy before. <laughs> but I mean, it's still progress. Once you get that back, it feels good. It feels good. And like, that's when I'm hunting with tricking is just to keep on moving and like finish a session knowing that I just push myself to, to get better every single time. And like, and there's tricks that I can do first try right now that I remember thinking when I was younger, like I'll never get that trick. And now it's just like, no, so like right now I'm thinking of tricks that like, I can't even imagine how I'm going to get to it, but I just know that getting into the gym and spending that time and taking those micro baby steps up, it it just get closer and closer to achieving those things. So I just pray that the tricking gods still have it in their, uh, in their book of, uh, Adam Devonport for, to land that triple cork at some time. And I'm going to do my best to hunt for that thing. Um, but it's not just triple cork. Like, like I want to be able to do dub dub swing. I want to do dub dub, but double cork, double cork, not just double full double cork. Like, I've only swung double cork like once. Uh, like, I've done double cork swing cork once, but my all my dub dubs are from a dub full setup. So I'd like to have like a true dub dub. Um, but yeah, I got lots of things. I want to have a nasty shuriken cutter. I've landed that a couple times, but it's never to satisfaction. Um, I, I had a hurricane kick once, and it was amazing, and I loved it. But um, cheap tens have kind of escaped me, and hurricane kick is something that I want to get back because I know I'll be able to combo it like out of that so easily once I can get that back. Um, so many tricks, so many tricks. Like I can go on and on. Yeah, that's crazy though. It's good to just see that someone like you still has individual and personal goals because 
I feel like that's something that can get lost when you become more of an organizational person and start to get behind your company and the impact and influence you're trying to have on the community. You start to uh, think less about your own personal and individual goals. And that's something that happened to me along the lines. I got less concerned with the tricks that I could throw and more concerned with how can I start this gym for everyone? How can I make an impact in the world by generating revenue in this area to bring back to tricking and things like that? So it's cool to see that you're still at that point. I know that there's so many new trickers coming into tricking now more than ever, and they don't know who the hell I am. And like, in order for me to, in order for me to maintain like the one-on-one respect with some of these kids, I know I just need to stick around. And like, I'm only 26, like I'm not, I'm so far from retiring. Like I want to, I want to be still progressing until my like late thirties. Um, like that, that's, that's like a goal that I have of mine to like not peak until like, like 35 to 38, somewhere around there. So like, I've got a long journey ahead of me, but I just know that like, I got to stay focused. I got to stay in it. Cause when it comes down to it, it's about the tricks. Like if you're, if you're not putting in. I think of tricking as this big old bowl, like a huge bowl, and like everyone is doing new tricks and new combos and filling up this bowl, and this bowl is tricking. And like what it really comes down to are the people that are creating the tricks, creating the the businesses, creating the gyms, the platforms. And anytime someone does something for tricking, like whether it's a new combo, um, not even a new combo no one's ever done, just a new combo that you've never done. Like anytime someone progresses, it adds to the pool. And anytime a new gym opens, it adds to the pool. And anytime like we get a new tricker that comes to their first gathering, we add to the pool. And I just want to be adding to this pool in every aspect that I can from advancing myself, advancing my local community, advancing like competitive platforms, like finding other ways to connect the community um, and things like this and just sharing my philosophy with what I believe tricking has become and what I want tricking to continue to grow into like that's like right now being on this podcast we're adding to the pool that's that's how I think about it hell yeah and one of the things I got to ask you about too is that I know a lot of kids always dream about having as a tricker so I just got to really quick ask you how you guys came about it but uh how did you guys come across having your own spring floor Okay, this is a funny story. So if anybody remembers Red Bull Throwdown 2014, Scott Browder was battling with uh, with uh, Team Toast, is what they called it, and he did round off double back to his neck yes, on that yes. on that floor, right? So later on down the line, Bailey got sponsored by Red Bull, and then even later on down the line, like like well. Red Bull stopped throwing events. I think they threw like one more event in Tampa or they were going to, and they yep. had a spring floor yep. in Tampa. And then they hit up Bailey and they were like, Hey, like, uh, I think he was still sponsored with them at, that, at this point. They were like, Hey, like we have the spring floor. We're pretty much done with it. Like, do you want it? And Bailey's like, definitely. So they mailed it like from, I, I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but Tampa or Miami to LA and then Bailey and Jack and Z and uh, and all that, they put it in the house that they were renting. Yep. And that's yep. where that yep. was. And then they were doing it. Apparently the landlord found out and said, hell no, as every landlord would. And then um, they had it like a, they, they had it like in a storage unit or whatever. And then Bailey's like, all right, I need to send this back home. So he sent it to South Carolina, where it was just sitting in the backyard of one of their of of, uh, of the house that they were at, um, that they had still had here. And then um, there was Jack's old house. And then Jack's like, "Yo, I'm about to sell this house. We got to move this spring floor." So it was around Christmas time this past December, and Bailey called Scott and said, "Like, yo, I got a Christmas present for you, Scott, who like." necked on the floor on the, uh, the, this exact floor like six years ago and said like yo if you can get the spring floor and move it you can use it you can have it like we could like a uh, partial ownership or whatever i don't know what their deal is but yeah. we can get yeah. it scott called me up and said we got a floor i said let's get it posse just moved down to south carolina at the time and we all just rented a u-haul uh, well, Bailey rented us a U-Haul. He hooked it up. And then when we got the, the spring floor, he threw it in the back of the U-Haul, went over to Scott's. We put a third of it in his backyard, and the rest of it is sitting in his garage. Right no way. So it's only a third of it's out there right now. Yup. 
Dang. So that's crazy. Technically, you guys have two-thirds of a floor available still. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's an interesting floor um, because it's like the, the, the springboard and then the springs. That's what it is. And then they just have like those metal brackets, like those H brackets that hold the boards together. There's no top boards. Oh, wow. It's on the top. So we have like strips of Velcro that are holding the boards together because they have like soft Velcro on the top of these boards. And then we just have strips of the hard Velcro and we just have it gridded. So it's all holding it together. And then we just have one thing. So it's a pretty bouncy floor because it doesn't have that extra layer of wood. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, it's dope. It's dope. I mean, we're tentative. We don't know exactly how long we can keep this floor there, but we are rocking with it for now. That's super funny, man. Make the best of a situation while you have it, dude. I know kids around the world would kill to have their own spring floor. So it's like, live it up while you can. It's weird because like I went into my gym because my gym's kind of opening back up. I went into my gym and I have all this space. I'm like, what am I, what am I supposed to do? Like, I, I feel like I'm like in the middle of an ocean. Like, where, where do I go? <laughs> totally. It's so funny. The guys in Colorado just got their mini floor too. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, dude, if they can bang out combos there, when they go to a normal floor, they'll be just wilding out, you know? Yeah. Yo. And if you guys want to donate to make that floor bigger, I saw an Instagram post today on Jordan's page. that just says like, they're taking donations to build the floor bigger. So like if the community can go and contribute a bit, they'll make that floor bigger. They got like a top deck they might put a floor on. So like they got space in the yard. If they really make that thing big, they might put it where the trampoline used to be or like where the trampoline is now. They might move that and make it big right there, have a whole setup. And I mean, if, if I had all the money, I'd send them, I'd send them a couple hundred because like those are some heavy hitters that live under that roof. Yeah. Continue to hunt some tricks. Yeah, hopefully we keep seeing good footage come out of those guys over in Colorado. So go help them out if you guys got the chance. Go check out uh, Alex Kerwood or Jordan Alexander's page and go help those guys out. For sure. That's cool. For right? sure. Necess Hell necessity. Yeah. We need so them to have as big floors as they can. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so right now, I know that you're even taking time out of your day uh, at work to help us out right now. So what's the, the current focus of your life? I know you've always been someone that not only has been involved in shapes, but you're just constantly hustling and trying to work and grind and stuff like that. And I think it's an important thing to talk about because a lot of kids when they're younger and tricking, all they have to focus on is just wake up, go to school, trick when I want to come home, make mom and dad happy. But obviously you're at a different stage of life right now where, uh, things aren't just given to you. And so uh, what's your current focus right now? Um, I'm currently sitting in our solar office. I've been selling solar on and off for the past three years, like solar panels, renewable energy, trying to help our environment. Um, I go around and, uh, and we get calls from people all around our, uh, our town that are looking to get solar. We go and give them like a savings report, show them how much money they could save, how much of the environment helping by going renewable energy and getting solar. Um, and it's a commission-based job, so it's like it's just a, it's just the epitome of a hustle, and it's it's really good sales experience, um, and it's just like it continues to cultivate the professional side of myself, so that I can better go into tricking um, with that refined professional version of myself. So I appreciate this opportunity, and a couple of my homies that I've been that I've been friends with for like seven eight years, um, they own the company, so like it's just like a really good squad that we have here, um, and then. I don't know how much I can say because I haven't even talked to them about like putting anything public up, but don't get in trouble. I'm with a group of, uh, of four other people right now. We just started a, a business like a legal LLC um, and we are escaping South Carolina for for uh, two and a half weeks in like later on this summer to create some pretty crazy content with some pretty crazy photographers and videographers. Um, we got, a, we got some things that we're cooking up. Um, and, uh, just another, another idea that I've had stirred in the pot for a minute and it's just, you know, it's just been waiting to, uh, to arise. So, um, it's going to be a big blast on social media. Um, everyone, like, everyone will know about it fairly soon. Um, but it's a big project I've been working on. Um, and then along with that, I've been trying to figure out like what's next with shapes as far as like through this pandemic, because I thought this pandemic would have blown over by now and we can get moving, but it hasn't. So like now I'm at a pivotal place with shapes. It's like, okay, like, are we going online? 
Like what's our next move in order to continue to follow our mission statement, which is to keep our community connected and updated um, and, uh, and maintaining the culture of our sport. And uh, I feel like there's a lot of people doing a lot of things and tricking and shapes isn't one of them right now. So I'm coming up with a lot of different concepts and ideas to pursue with shapes. Um, and I've been uh, working on a, bu- for, on a bunch of new merch um, for shapes and merch for um, my Instagram because I have a lot of people that are fr- fans of me on Instagram, but they don't really care about tricking like, like we do. They don't care about shapes or my business with tricking. So I'm starting a, I'm, um, I'm starting a different merch line just for Adam C. Devonport. Um, and that's going to be some cool stuff. I'll be able to uh, give other people an avenue to support me through that. Um, and then I'm also creating a, a concept like merch oriented for a lot of under, uh, like a lot of, uh, what is it called? Underrepresented trickers in the community, like some pro athletes, some new, some, um, some young bloods and I'm, I'm hitting them up and working on doing some merch for them as well. Um, so we've got a, I got a handful of things going on. I just made an Instagram post today that just said like, I have my hands in so many things that it's hard to like dial in my focus at times, but I refuse to put down my passions. Like I just want to continue doing everything, no matter how scattered my brain feels most days. Cause I just can't, I can't not do everything. So yeah. I got a handful of things I'm doing. Instagram is still something I'm pushing. Um, I'm on TikTok now. So hit me up. I've got like 3,300 followers. Let's keep climbing. Um, YouTube is an avenue that I've wanted to get back into. I dropped the, the first Shapes Tour, I dropped 14 episodes, vlog-style episodes of the tour um, in 2018. Since then, Shapes Instagrams, I mean, Shapes YouTube has just kind of been on the wayside. Um, there's only so many things that I can, like, really commit to. So I'm all over the place, but I'm getting, I'm getting some good uh, foundational steps, like, towards what I'm trying to do in a lot of aspects. So lots going on. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. And yo, and I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day and dealing with the technical difficulties we've dealt with on this one. We'll have to bring you into studio when this all ends. But, uh, you know, with that being said, I want to let you get back to work and stuff. But one of the questions I have to leave, leave you with that we ask everyone and, uh, you kind of touched on in some way. So maybe make this a little bit more just personal as opposed to tricking based, but, uh, where do you see yourself in five years from now? Where do you see yourself in 10 years from now? That's a big one. I think about that every day. Um, Five years from now, um, I see myself um, bringing a lot of the tricking community to South Carolina, um, like creating um, creating a community around here locally that would give a lot of sense of belonging for a lot of trickers, kind of what uh, Torque is doing. Um, and I just want to, as a coach, I know I'm going to be coaching for the rest of my life, so I want an avenue to be like a life coach along with a tricking instructor. Um, for a lot of like the new kids that share the same passion as I do. Um, so five years from now, I want to have like an actual brick and mortar, an actual spot that people can be coming to. Um, and I see myself um, having have cultivated these, like, these three different businesses that I've been balancing around um, for several years and really catching ground. I've been catching a lot of ground this past year, year and a half with Shapes. Um, and with my Instagram and my personal brand, along with the company that, that we're just now starting. Um, so I really feel like that two, three years from now, I'll have, I'll have some, uh, some good cash flow to be able to make some big moves. And five years from now, I think that we'll actually have um, a good community and a good place where all trickers feel like they need to at least pop into South Carolina for, for a week or so. Um, Ten years from now... Um, I don't know how exponential my goals are going to start climbing, but if if uh, but I think that um, my dream is to have like a neighborhood, like a small neighborhood, because I, I'm really connected with some with some builders out here um, as well that are that do real estate, that build houses, and we're connecting with uh, with one of the top builders in South Carolina, so that every new home in South Carolina is going to be built with automatic solar on it. Um, okay, and. And I want to build a small neighborhood where we could sell the houses for reasonable prices because trickers are entering the market of real estate. Like a lot of trickers have been around for long enough where they're still trickers, but they're 26, 27, 28, and they're looking to figure out where they're going to move to and what they want to do. So ideally, I want like a neighborhood 
that people could come in. I can give people really good, reasonable prices on, on homes. Um, and then they would be homes that were built in the mind of what trickers would want. Um, and then I want to have like a clubhouse that doubles as like a gym um, that people can all go to. So it's like you don't even have to leave your neighborhood. All these kids, like 12 years old, 13 years old, will just ride their bike to the clubhouse and just train daily. Um, and that's like my big mission. That's what I'm really going for is to create like a mini civilization. Because um, I think the trickers are one of the, are some of the purest people on the planet um, because we're just like extreme artists. So I want to create like a, an actual like place where people can belong. And then, you know, once it gets big enough, we'll create our own laws. We'll create our own guidelines. We'll have our own airport. You know, this is this, this is the goal. This is the big goal. Little, little own little utopia, I guess. You know, yeah, utopia. a little one. But you know, maybe ten years, maybe twenty-five years. We gotta, we really gotta scope it out. And and I'm not one to try to predict my future, um, because like we can die tomorrow. Um, like the whole human race can just pop tomorrow. Like we have no clue. Um, and my dreams continue to mutate my, my aspirations to what I feel like the community needs. The more that I listen to the community and I go to these events, the more that I realize what we actually might need and things that might be completely different than what I originally thought. So I'm open, I'm open to have my dreams shift, but that's kind of been my focus for several years. It's kind of been like the big dream that I've wanted to try to accomplish. And the South Carolina market and the real estate market, it's so realistic. Like, if it's it's equivalent to buying like a a big mansion in LA is getting a little neighborhood in South Carolina. You yeah. know? It's like so it's it's not as unrealistic as, as people might think. Um, but it it's gonna be it, it'll be a big accomplishment if I can get there soon in the next decade yeah. or so. Hell yeah, dog. That's awesome. We're all looking forward to seeing what happens and, uh, you know, we'll all keep track of the journey. Uh, with that being said, though, can you let people know where they can continue following you and stay up to date with not just you, but also Shapes? Absolutely. Instagram, Adam C. Devonport. Um, and then on TikTok, um, Adam.Devonport. And then on Shapes, Shapes Mag. It's just like Shapes Mag, simple on Instagram. You can check that out. Shapes of Tricking on YouTube. Um, Adam Devonport on YouTube. Um, and yeah, yeah, just follow me. I appreciate the support. Um, it is a crazy journey. I'm posting all the time and I, and I try to keep as up to date with, uh, with people that support me. So if you really want to know what I'm doing with my life and what steps I'm taking, I'm pretty transparent as things that I am or am not accomplishing. So hit me up, pop me with that follow, turn on the notifications. <laughs> hell yeah and we'll be sure to throw everything on the screen and stuff like that and more than anything man i appreciate you making this happen for the second time hopefully we're uh, able to get around some of the technical difficulties that we experienced in the middle here to get this episode out and let people hear your opinion without too many flaws in the audio and uh worst case scenario we'll just have to bring you on for a third time third time's a charm absolutely i'm, I'm excited i mean that we're always doing new stuff so we always got new stuff to talk about and we got a lot of old stuff we, we got to talk about too like, trickings come from such a weird place and such a crazy place like we gotta backlog some stuff yeah 100 percent. i agree with that man but uh, more than anything man i appreciate everything you've done for me personally helping me out with uh with things here and there projects lifted off the ground jam and beyond and uh and thanks for everything you're doing for the community i appreciate it and i know that on behalf of everyone else they do as well thank you my brother thank you for everything you do for the community you're a legend no doubt, brother. And uh, as always, guys, yo, just please be sure to hit that like button, comment, subscribe for brand new episodes each and every week. Join us every Monday for Jam Breakdowns and every Friday for brand new Jamcast, interviewing influential members of the movement community like Mr. Adam C. Devonport himself. So with that being said, guys, I got to give a very special thank you to our guest this week, Mr. Adam Devonport. And as always, guys, coming at you, coming through, I'm your host, Travis Wong. Thanks for joining us here on another Jamcast. Until next time, we'll see you all soon. Peace.